three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to the Weapons of Mass Discussion podcast. I'm Glenn Snyder with the Ministry of Defense, LLC. I'm alone today. Uh, as you guys can see, it's just me. Uh, Dr. Corbett Everidge is not with me today. He is doing fine and well. Uh, but amongst all this chaos and everything that we've got going on around the world right now, um, he didn't make the trip down the road to meet with me tonight to do the podcast, so I'm going to try to handle this alone tonight. Uh, <clears throat> he and I have been talking back and forth all week you know, about all the craziness that's going on around us. And so in, in lieu of an actual topic tonight, I want to talk about current events. I want to talk about things that are going on around us. Um, yeah, we teach self-protection. We teach people how to, how to take care of themselves in a, in a violent situation. Um, you know, and, and this is not a violent situation. It's a totally different type of situation. But we do always try to teach our students to be prepared, not just with your hands and your feet and with your weapons and so, and so on. But we always try to teach our students to, to be prepared at home, be prepared, you know, you know, have a contingency plan on all sorts of things. And what we've seen now is it's unprecedented in my lifetime, and I hope I never see it again, to see things just come to a complete stop like they are right now. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's insanity. I, I never would have dreamed to see something quite like this. You know, we always kind of prayer, you know, prep and prepare for things you know, a, a natural disaster, uh, something to that effect. And, and we've always had the kind of the, the, the sickness or the pandemic thing in the back of our minds. Um, and, you know, we do have a – I have, for my family, have taken a couple of contingencies. But uh, <clears throat> never would I have thought this level. This is a whole – this is a whole other level of, of, of things going sideways. So, you know, with, with the countries basically being shut down, with – um, restaurants here in North Carolina. Right yesterday, they had the government. The governor had an executive order, um, basically saying restaurants, you know, can only do takeout or you know, delivery, but no, no dining in to stop people. Um, you start to see just company after company after company that you know don't have the ability to have people work from home that have to be there, and people are getting sick. They just have to, you know, to be safe to try to stop the spread. They're having to stop operations. You know, from a sickness standpoint. Yeah, it's bad. From a stick, uh, you know, as, as we're told, it's it's like a, a flu type virus. You know, you get the same type of symptoms, but um, after talking with a, a an MD friend of mine, I got a better understanding of how the virus actually reacts to the body. Whereas with a regular flu, I believe you know you can develop a bacterial infection because of the flu, and you get pneumonia in your lungs. But with this virus, it seems, as I understand, that it actually can cause the pneumonia, which is leading to the, the, the really bad outcome for, for older people and people that have underlying conditions. So <clears throat> is the sickness itself just, you know, a death sentence? No. But if you're, you're in that category, in that group, or, 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 you know, you're susceptible to something like that, and who's to say? I mean, somebody totally, completely healthy could, could get, get a hold of, you know, he could get a hold of them and, and not play out well. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a, anything. Um, just going off the things that I've, that I've been told by talking to professionals, talking to people that are in the know, not just what's been put out on TV. I actually talk to people that's involved in this. And uh, it, it's scary. But for me, um, in my opinion, what's even scarier than the actual virus itself is what's going on around us with our economy, uh, jobs, places staying open. In my mind, the sickness will come and go. 
um, what we're seeing in our economy is going to last a long time. What I'm seeing with, 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 with companies having to shut down, things coming to a just complete standstill, that's going to have an a, a underlying effect for a long time to come. Um, I work in the manufacturing world. I'm, I'm a, you know, my day-to-day job, I'm a design engineer. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen over the last couple of years how our manufacturing has just, just balls to the wall. It's been growing. It's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And more everybody, and, and, and stuff was coming back into this country. I mean, it's just, it was amazing. Um, and all that growth and all that, that progress over the last month, um, I have seen just come to a stop. And that is a scary, scary thing to see. Um, I never thought I would have seen anything like that. You know, it, it was scary back in the 90s after NAFTA when things just up and took off, you know, whenever um, manufacturing really kind of abandoned the country, especially their textiles and furniture and things of that nature. But uh, we were seeing a resurgence of coming back. Um, it, 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 you know, of course, I've got the conspiratorial mind. Um why this? Why now? And uh, I don't want to say that I, I don't be the the aluminum full tenfold hat wearing guy, but it's just odd to me the way this happened, the way it played out. And um, you know, I just want everybody out there to to take care of themselves. You know, make sure that you're taking care of your loved ones, taking care of the older people around you. You know, if you're sick, if you don't feel good, don't be around them. Don't don't be around them. Um, you know, if you go to the store and you're able to get to the, the things that you need, because I, I mean, I've been to the store the last couple of days and I've never seen, you know, we, we, in North Carolina, we, we get like one, maybe two snows a year if we're lucky and, and the world goes haywire. All the milk and bread's gone. You can't, I mean, certain aisles of the store just kind of wipe clean, but it's usually, that's usually about it. It's like that for a day or two and everything's back to normal. Um, this is uncharted territory. This is something that uh, is scary. It's scary to me. You know, I, it's not you know not scary for me as much personally as it is for the people around me, the people I love. Um, you know, they worry, um, and now a lot of worry can lead to stress. Stress can lead to other problems. And you know, I'm hoping that this kind of tapers off. We get down on the backside of this thing over the next week or two, and and everything kind of fades out um, and so we can get back to life as normal as normal as it can be for a while anyway because this is going to be a ripple effect um, it's going to take a while to recover from you know um, locally here with our restaurants you know just seeing the people that I know that are going to be laid off and lose their jobs immediately right out of the gate because if the dining rooms can't be open they have no tables to wait they can't get paid that's horrible that's horrible now, I know the uh, the government, the, the administration is trying to uh, pump some money into the system, trying to get checks to people and things like that, and I'm really you know, not exactly sure how all that plays out and works um, or who's going to get what. I have not read a lot into it today. Um, I've been focusing on other things. But, um, I mean, that's great, but <clears throat> I don't think it's going to help curb what's, what's happening around us. Um, I saw a, an article this morning. It was showing spring breakers down in Miami. Uh, partying and, and raising hell and acting a fool, and they were interviewing some of them. Oh, this virus is not that bad, and it's it's interrupting my party. Um, maybe they need to turn the television on. Um, maybe they don't fully understand uh, that the company has come to a grinding halt. It doesn't get more serious than that. 
I mean, the only thing more serious than that would be a, a nuclear weapon. I mean, life as we know it has stopped. That's insanity. And, you know, everybody needs to really step back and, and start. And, you know, if you didn't have a contingency plan, you better be making a plan now. Um, all I can say is, you know, if you don't, you know, with 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 food and things and, and, and the supply chain is completely disrupted. You know, and I don't say that to be a fear monger. Like it is. That's it is what it is. You go to the grocery store, you'll see what I'm talking about. So when you do, you know, make regular trips to try to find what you need. Now, I hear people in the government say, "Oh, don't hoard. Don't don't keep. You don't need more than a week or two of food." Uh, if somebody tells you that, mm, yeah, you need more than that. I don't care what they say. I'm gonna take care of me and my family, uh, people I love and care about. Um, the, <clears throat> you know. But when you do go to the store, you know, now they're rationing things like toilet paper and, and hand sanitizers and things like that. And I get it because you got people that go in. I saw an article yesterday. There was a fellow that went and bought $17,000 worth of hand sanitizer. And what he was doing, he was hoarding it away and he was going to sell it. He was going to he had been selling it at premium price through Amazon. Well, Amazon shut him down to their credit. To their credit, they stepped up to the plate. They shut a lot of people down that were gouging people, that were trying to take advantage of people in this bad situation. And you know, and I, and as I believe, there was an investigation to the guy um, for price gouging, and they should be. He's an asshole for doing that. I mean, you got old people that can't get out and get their stuff, and you got young people that are trying to get the stuff for the older people, and they can't get it because you're hoarding all the way and want top dollar for it. It's one thing if I need something, but if my parents or my, my in-laws or, or, you know, an elderly person down the street needs something and they need my help, you know, to go out and I can't get something because you've, you've taken it all so you can turn around and make a profit on it later, um, we need to have a closed-door conversation just for about 15 minutes. Because that's wrong. That's dead wrong. And, yeah, you should pay a price for that. That's not capitalism. That's being an asshole. That's being a total asshole. And... I don't know where this ends because we see, you know, it, in our state, as of this afternoon, I want to say there's right around 40 some, 40 some cases so far in our state. And uh, they just keep popping up, popping up, popping up. And I'm sure there's more. It's just that's just what's been tested and that's what's been proven. And it, uh, at least for the next week, I, I don't see an end in sight. Not based on what I see on the news. Now, again, you know, is the news. Showing us everything we need. I hope they are. I think we're way beyond the pandemonium of the news. We think, well, the news kind of amps things up. We're beyond that, and it doesn't matter. The amp is there. The news, the news cannot report on anything, but the, but everything is still there. It's still going on. It's happening around us. So you know, the genie's out of the bottle as far as that goes. But where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? You know, if we look down the road, if it's it's a may say two weeks. Things start to subside and taper off, you know that that'll be great, and then we can start trying to rebuild what's been broken over the last few weeks up to today. If this goes for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, you know, um, two months, three months, maybe somebody can tell me. I don't know how you recover. I don't know how you recover from that. You know, we all we all <clears throat> have livelihoods. We all have jobs. We all have careers. But if you can't offer a product, sell a product, you know, provide a service, um, what do you do? It's uh, it's humbling. It's a very humbling thing.
<clears throat> you know, and then I see the back and forth you know, where China came up this past week and trying to blame the U.S., saying it's U.S.'s fault. That's that's pretty raw. You know, those people knew they had a problem late November, early December. As I understand, they made sure their, their, their military was taken care of before they even started looking to take care of the public. That's how much they care about their people. And so this thing amps up, amps up, and finally we get wind of, hey, there's this bad thing going over there. You know, now, there's where the, the bus was missed in the beginning. When I was watching the news, and I saw a plane land on the on the west coast, and there were people getting off of that plane that were coming from that province in China, where this thing, the Wuhan province, where this thing started, that was a problem. That right there should have never, ever happened. If our government had wind of something, they should have stopped at least the transport at that point from that location or from that area. They didn't do it. And I think, in my opinion, at that point, that's where the genie come out of the bottle. Um, that's bad. That's why we're in the predicament we are now. Um, granted, now you got people coming in back in from Europe. I mean, it's the same thing, but but now, they're, now people are being screened. You're not allowed to come to this country without being screened. And that's the way it should have been in the very beginning. But then again, you could be screened and you don't have some symptoms and you may not, you know, show positive and then you still may be sick. So it's a tough, it's a tough road to hoe. But, um, I think that, uh, we had a huge failure, um, when those first, first few people got let into this country from that area and it wasn't locked down when it should have been. At that point, I think you lost, you lost the fight at that point. Now you just got to play damage control. So that's where we are today. You know, and to and, and Corbett, he's not a he's not a huge fan of Donald Trump. He's made that very clear on here. But I'm gonna give you know to his to the administration's credit. I think they're trying everything they they have they can do. I, I really I don't know what else at this point they can do. You know, I'm sitting around thinking, well, okay, maybe they can do this. I I don't know. I don't know what else they can do. I mean, the only thing short of just shutting this country down completely and say everybody stay in the house and you can't go out in a I hate to use this term, but a martial law situation. Um, how do you stop things? I, I I don't know. You know, if they're trying to pump money into the system, that's great. Now, obviously, it's going it's going it's going to increase our national debt. It's going to it's going to put our 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 country financially more in the hole. Um, but at the same time, I also see the benefit of it. It's going to help people help people make that rent payment, help people make that. And, and what I'm hoping I'm hoping is that our financial institutions. You know, show show compassion on people. You know, our our institutions. They, I mean, I understand they got people they got to pay and they're getting paid. I understand, but at the same time, you know, people can't give you what they ain't got. You know, you send something to a collection agency, well, they ain't gonna get anything either. Somebody ain't got something, they ain't got anything. Well, they'll come they'll come take your stuff, your car, your house, whatever. Well, then what? Nobody has money to buy it. So I th I think if they I really hope that they show compassion and they put a, a program in place or put put you know stop gaps in place to allow people some cushion to make sure that if they are affected by this financially that they have time to kind of catch back up and get back in place. I hope that happens. I hope it does. I I don't know. I don't know. I haven't haven't saw a lot about that. I, I have saw where um, a couple of the governors have 
have put in place that um, <clears throat> employers can't fire employees. Um, I guess they can lay them off and do it. They can't just fire them or cut them off and all this because they've been sick. You know, if they've gotten the COVID-19 or coronavirus or however you want to label it, um, if they've got, they can't be fired or lose their job because of that sickness, which is a great thing. But, you know, being that you have the private sector, you know, and again, a lot of stuff's temporary, but, you know, how do you control this? How do you, how do you protect everybody? And make sure that once this sickness has gone under control, that we can get the country back on the rails again. Because this off the rails big time right now. It's completely derailed. Um, you know, all the gains that the market had made. And I don't really do the I don't do the stock market. I do have four hundred one k. That's about it. I'm not, I'm not a big stocks guy. Um, I like cash money. But um, you know, all the great gains and and being working in manufacturing. I've seen strides. I've seen over the in the last few years. I have seen manufacturing come back with a vengeance. I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the um, you know companies expanding, adding jobs, adding more you know adding more machines, and just just ramping up and amping up. Um, I have a family member who works in construction management, uh, large construction firms, commercial firms, and they're they're you know the last couple of years. I mean they they were turning away work. Because things were just going the way that you know, just going and going and going. Now, granted, you go look on paper, well, the country's still in this so many trillions of dollars of debt and this, that, and the other. But it's because our economy has sucked for so long. And we were on that uphill climb. And this just totally, I don't know, blows it up for all, for all practical. For all, for, I don't have another way of saying it. It just blows it to pieces. In my mind, in my opinion. So I'm looking at this and going back to my statement earlier about my conspiratorial mind. It's just odd to me, you know, we were doing so good. You know, Trump is pretty much controlling the narrative on all these trade agreements, whether it be whoever it may be. Um, and nobody could control him. Is it, you know, is it far-fetched to say, hey, you know, maybe some, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody done something to, to just bring everybody to their knees? I don't know. Um, I hate to even think about something like that, but you know, it just—it's just weird to me how everything was so great and going so good, and all of a sudden, you know, this—this this happened the way it did, and now our country's in such a such a bind that I don't—I don't know how long it would take to get back. So moving forward, I like I say, you know, you need to start having a plan. You know, if you—you you know, I, I'm hoping people have got some money in the bank. I hope people have. Uh, have their food and their toilet paper and all that sort of thing. But uh, it, this is a very somber moment. You know, it, it's something that, uh, you know, I, you know, Corbett and I, we have, we've had conversations uh, over the years about something similar to this, not necessarily to this level, but, uh, um, you know, what worries us, what scares us, if this goes another month, month and a half, two months in, you know, people don't have jobs, don't have money, the supply chain is, you know, disrupted, then what happens? And then you start having, you know, people, you know, people need to eat. Uh, they're going to revert to, to crime. You know, people, you know, if uh, you got people that are on medications, you know, to control their anger or, or emotions or trouble, and they can't get that medication, how are they going to be to deal with, you know? Um, but if people start resorting to crime and go to rob people and take things from people, are you prepared to deal with that? You know, and this is where... 
what we've trained for years comes into play. In this type of collapsible situation, are you prepared to deal with what could possibly come? I don't know. I, I like to think I am. I've put a lot of years, a lot of effort, a lot of time and money into uh, preparing myself to, to deal with a bad situation. Not just physical, but, you know, um, I had put things in place to where if something along these lines happened, that I could still function and operate. And I hope that there's a lot of people out there that have done the same. I do know personally that there are some people that have done the same, but I hope a lot of you out there, um, if you're not ready this time, I hope once this thing kind of blows through that everybody's learned a hard lesson and you'll be prepared for next time. If there's one thing I could tell the country as a whole, and it really goes to the people out there that run and operate companies and corporations and things like that, stop putting stuff in China in places where it's just dirt cheap to operate. One of the reasons we're in this position is because we are so reliant on China. The fact that our supply chains are going to be disrupted because we we, we have not, we've allowed certain things to go over there. I, I, I believe it was um, end of last week, middle end of last week, I was listening to a, a report and I believe they were saying roughly 97% of our pharmaceuticals, uh, such as our antibiotics, not pharmaceuticals, but our antibiotics are made or come from China, either in the, in the full form or in the component form to be put together here. Why are we relying on a political and economic adversary or rival for some of our most important needs? I don't get it. You know, we hear talk about the rare earth minerals. They, I mean, they have their hands in everything. And what's happened is we've had a small smidgen of people in this country that made those decisions and say, hey, we got to improve this bottom line and we're going to send stuff over here to get it cheap. And what happened? People here lost their jobs. People um, had to relearn whole new careers because stuff just up and left because... Everybody wanted to put those eggs in those ba- that one basket over there because it was cheap. It was cheap. And they made it cheap. They did it. And this is extremely strategic on China's part. It just didn't happen this way. It did not just happen this way. They made that happen. They played on greed to make that happen. So I'm hoping as we move through this and get on the other side of this, that that people understand we can't have that. We need to get stuff back. and We, we need to become self-sufficient. We need to become 1945 again. We need to be self-sufficient. We need to be able to take care of ourselves. And not. And we, we, we get in a position like, yes, we, hey, we've got what we need. We can keep things to everybody. And we make sure everybody's got what they what they have to have. This is some scary stuff. Um, it, it just gets my crawl to think that if if somebody I love needed some antibiotics because they got the pneumonia or whatever the case may be, that they couldn't get what they got needed because supply was short because the Chinese decided they didn't want to uh, they didn't want to give us nothing because they just didn't like the way Trump was talking to them. You know, and they've made they've kind of made some idle threats over the past week about cutting off certain supply chains. I mean, in not so many words, they're saying, well, we'll just, we'll just let some of you people die. How about that? 
in not those words, but you, know, you read between the lines, you can see what's what's there. It's obvious. They don't care. They see this as okay. We're gonna we'll take the, do, the top dog spot now. They've been working towards this for a long time, and all they need is for the United States to crumble and fall. And there you go. Now, is could there be other people? You know, could other people take advantage of that? Of course they could. There's other countries such as Russia. They could take advantage of that. You know, Russia's already already jockeying a position against the Saudis about the gas. Right now, we're seeing we're seeing extremely low gas prices, and supply is good at this point. But what scares me is is as we progress in this a month or two, and if if people if the supply chain is disrupted. And then you can't get then what can't get gas, you know. There's a lot of things, and then and God hope for God nothing happens to our water and our power grid. And we can all stay at home for a while, and as long as we got power and water, running water, we're we're good. But something happens to that, then what? You know, there's a there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of scary stuff to this, and that's why I want to take today since I was on my own here and just kind of talk out loud and think out loud on all this stuff. It's scary. It's really, really scary. It, it's it's keeping me up at night. Um. So, you know, I love to hear everybody's opinion on this. I like to get some feedback. I want to hear what you guys have to say, because you know, you maybe you have a thought on it, or you have an opinion on it, or maybe you got some advice that you could give to everybody else that'd be helpful. Um. Again, we're all in this together. All in this, we're Americans, and we're in this together, whether we like it or not. So we have to look after each other. You know, Corbett always says at the at the end of our broadcast, he'll always, you know, when we sign off, he'll say, you know, take care of each other or be good to each other, and and we mean that, we mean that. You know, we treat our neighbors as our as our as our brothers, our sisters. We look after each other. Um, that's what makes this country strong. That's one of the things that makes this country unlike other countries. You know, we have certain freedoms in this country. We have we have a lot. We do have a lot in this country. But I think one of the things that really sets us apart from other people is is the, the the bonding and the closeness that we have. And, you know, I know we all have our differences. You get everybody hollering, you get people hollering race, and you, get, you know, economic, you know, unevenness and all this, other, you know, inequality or whatever. I get it. But as a whole, I really think you know I, you've seen it with September 11th. You've seen it with Katrina. We've seen it in all these sorts of natural disasters and the fires out in California. We see when people come together and they look after each other. And uh, and I think that's what you know. Maybe that's maybe there's a higher call here. Maybe this is a test for everybody. I don't know. Uh, very well could be. But please think about that. Uh, I'd love for you to like, subscribe, and hit that that uh, notification bell. But uh, at least please comment, get in touch with us, let us know what you think, advice, whatever you got for us. I think we all need to hear something right now. I think it's a good conversation for everybody to have. But anyway. Again, uh, until next time, I'm hoping uh, hoping we'll get uh, maybe the next one. If Corbett can't make it, we'll get a Skype call or get a phone call and get him in on this conversation. But uh, until next time, you guys be safe. Take care of one another. Hope you see you next time.